What's going on, everyone? This is the Dapper Villains Podcast. I am Dana Bluen, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jay Such Dave. Jay, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? And we've got a great guest for you today. We have Jay Getz. He's the founder of Real Black Menswear and Pop Satorial, based in Atlanta, Georgia. He's got a fantastic style that he's going to talk about, and then the industry. We're gonna we're gonna go deep today. So, Jay, welcome to the show, man. Hey, listen, man. I'm I'm really happy to be here, man. I uh, I really appreciate you guys for uh, uh, having me on the show, having me on the platform, and uh, it, it really means a lot. A lot of people don't want to hear the, uh, a lot of the things that I have to say, but uh, I really appreciate you guys. Well, we want to hear it all, man. So let, let's start <laughs> it out. Tell us, tell the audience real quick. What is it? Tell us about Real Black Menswear, Pop Tutorial, the things you do. Sure. You've got some hot takes. We're going to get into those today as well. But yeah, tell us about those two brands and what, what they represent. So so Real Black Menswear, uh, to me, was something that I wanted to put together uh, to show uh, the world uh, proper representation of what Black Menswear is. I see a lot of Black style pages uh, yeah. on the internet, but I, you know, just the where I come from and, and the people that I was taught the art of clothing by, I, I didn't think it was a, a great representation of us. So I, I started to move forward. And uh, just with the internet being the way it is now, people just throw terms around very loosely now. So even me saying real black menswear, I'm very comfortable with that because that's actually what it is. Mm. It's actually real black menswear. Like, and I'm not trying to be, funny when I say that. So it, it's pretty self-explanatory, but I just wanted to put something on the internet that was a proper representation and that anyone of any ethnicity could look at and say, wow, that's a tasteful page. So and you hit it right there. It is a, a tasteful page. And so I look at your personal style and it's very understated, It's but it's also incredibly well put together. I mean, they've if I look at your Instagram, there are things there that that stand out, yeah. and I'm I'm sure Jay, my co-host, sees the same thing. There are things that just like you pick up on as you go through the just the images. Like yeah. you put together some fantastic looks. Thank you. Man. And when I think of like uh like and it's so effort effortless and it's very, it's effortless. very effortless. Wow. He's very spezzatore. <laughs> no, but uh, he, he's highly controversial. He he always, uh, if you uh, see his Instagram and his stories and stuff, yeah. uh, his videos, he, he put he put some yeah. IGTV he gets stuff into trouble. But 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 this is the thing, you know, and I'm sure you all. I would like. I'm going to ask you guys. What mm. do I say that's not really true? The, the only Nothing. issue is right. I'm the guy in menswear. My my mother taught me something. The truth is not always is not always convenient. I'm one of the guys in menswear that speaks to the inconveniences of menswear. Yeah, it's not. And people look at me like I created the shit. No, I'm just talking about it. I mean, it's it, like it's pretty simple. Hmm. Well, that, I mean, that's really true. Then. What'd you say? I was gonna say one thing that's really true is in black menswear. A lot of times you see it. It goes the opposite direction of where you're at on the spectrum. It's loud. It's bold colors. It's huge lapels, big cuts. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think that I, I and I, I understand that's a minority of it. It's just the loudest minority, and, and you've really spoken out against that. Yeah, but, well, but no, this is the thing. Like, and, and and let's just call a spade a spade. 
Like people, people like, yeah, you know, it's loud. It's this. It's like, man, that shit is trash, man. Like, let's just call it what it is. That shit is trash. Like, it is what it is. If that's the case, and if it's so superior, then why have I, in less than 10 days, had the opportunity with 600 followers to make a name for a platform on the internet when there are 10 other platforms that are saying they're doing what I'm doing? All I've done is just give people what I say or what the name of my page is. People have named, have said black menswear or whatever when the name of the page should be just some black guys who've been wearing suits for two years who don't know shit. That's what the name of the page should be. Because there are a lot of accounts like that, but then um, most of it is a repost of other uh, Instagram influencers so that they grow track their own account and stuff. But yours actually have a meaning. Like you brought up a very interesting point, which is why I wanted to interview you in the first place, is about why do people only talk about Frank Sinatra style and not Nat King Cole? Yeah, why? When they were both powerhouses, when they were both stylish. In fact, Nat King Cole was, now that you think about it, he was the guy. Elegant, way more elegant. He was a gentleman. He was not an angry person beating up, uh, you know, throwing plates in a fucking restaurant and stuff. Uh, he was he was real elegant, and he had to yeah. go through a lot. Like now that you see the Netflix documentary about his, yeah. his story, uh, scared of the dark, afraid of the dark, or something like that, uh, he had to go through a lot. Like these guys were performing concert, and they had to stay in separate hotels. Yeah, all that stuff, man. Man, and then to pull out of that. That's elegance to 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 appear like nothing is going on to to, you know, overcome that. But, but, but this is my thing. with, and, and this is where now, you know, I'm in a place I, I'm a guy. I've been in the industry for over 10 years. I, you know, I've learned a lot of different things. I've read a lot of different books. Here is where I begin to have a problem. OK. Why am I? You know, I, and this is the thing. I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm 33 years old. Right. Why am I the first guy asking these questions? Because at this point, this is what I'm saying. No disrespect to Alan Flusser. No disrespect to G. Bruce Boyer. I, re- I wrote every I've read everything that both of those gentlemen have written. All I'm saying is there has been no representation of my culture in pretty much any of those books. So at this point, it's do you not know my culture or do you not give a fuck? Which is it? And, and this is the thing. I'm asking questions. I'm not calling up. I'm asking questions because, like, at the end of the day, that's a great question for Mr. Fluster that no one has asked him. But if I wrote a book and I didn't put Frank Sinatra in the shit, you better believe someone would ask me why I didn't put Frank Sinatra in there. Hmm. It's happening already. I got a page less than a month old and people already telling me that I need to diversify my page. And I'm like, OK, well, take that shit over to GQ. <laughs> And, yeah, and the page is called Real Black Menswear. You're not going to put that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's what I'm saying. I'm giving black men and the black tutorialist visuals and confirmation that we should be in magazines. And not only that, we shouldn't have to be an athlete or an actor. Yeah. Mm. And that's just a fact, man. I'm just saying I'm not disrespecting any publication, but it's just like I don't want to see I don't want to fucking see Samuel L. Jackson on the rake. I would rather see a black man who's been in the industry for 20 to 30 years and we can further and better his business. That just makes sense to me. So a a lot of our accomplishments in like typical American history have just gone overlooked. And me, I'm kind of on some Nat Turner shit. I'm making some noise because I'm like, no, this ain't fair. If you, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to shove, if you're going to shove Frank Sinatra, 
down my throat and Dean Martin and the rest of the Rat Pack, then I'm going to shove that. I mean, it's only fair. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know what you're saying? It's like it, you could very easily think that someone like uh, Sam Sam Jackson and Idris Elba represent the entire of the entirety of black sartorialism, right? Like right. those two guys probably pop up more than anyone else. But yeah. you're right. Why aren't why are we as an industry celebrating, you know, everyone else? And or, there's not a huge spotlight. Or, or let me tell you this. I'm going to tell you what a lot of it is. I'm going to tell you where, where the problem really lies. And this is why they need a person like me at these companies. The problem mm-hmm. is a lot of these publications are completely out of touch with the black satorialist. Mm-hmm. For nine days, I posted content for the black satorialist. Well, one, because I'm black and I understand my culture. So it's very rare that someone's going to be able to do that better than me or, mm-hmm. or someone of my culture or outside of my culture trying to do it. It connects with people in a different way because I'm from the culture. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I think a yeah. lot of it is just these publications being out of like out of culture. When you see two chains in fucking GQ, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, and I'm not saying he's not a good rapper, but it's like gentlemen's quarterly. Yeah. Fucking nuts. yeah. And the thing is, they don't do that to nobody else. Mm. You know, Kelly in the rake. Yeah. I've seen him in a lot of publications. I'm just saying, I have a gazillion black guys in the states that can that can deliver a bench-made garment or a bespoke yeah. garment that they're building in their shop. Why in the hell is that not being highlighted? That's what I, I've realized. Um, now there are a lot of um, African Americans that are learning to become a real tailor instead of just a clothier as well, yeah. and. Um, uh, like there was uh, this 20 year old kid I talked to. I don't remember his Instagram name now, but um, I had a chance to speak with him on the phone. And he was like, yeah, my dad uh, gave me a choice whether I was going to become a lawyer, a doctor or or um, whatever I want to be. And I said, I want to be a tailor. And he went to Ireland to study tailoring for like a year or two years. And uh, he, he now nice. makes suits himself. Wow. You see that? But, but see, that guy is very underrated. See, we don't even remember his name and we should be, uh, you know, talking about him more often, you know, guys but, like this more often, especially. But, you know, again, you see me address it in my in my uh, Instagram. There yeah. is a common menswear narrative to where and I'm not going to even say people of color to where black people get eliminated because I, you know, I research this. I read I see people in the Asian community getting their just due. I see people of, I, I'm just saying, tell me right now, with the exception of Rich Fresh, please tell me what black guy right now on the market is getting. Take Rich Damon Fresh John. out of the equation. Please give me, because I don't really know one. Yeah. I think Damon John's probably the most prominent. Right. Exactly. Like, like in the, the industry? Who is Damon John's? Damon John was the, uh, was the founder the of Fubu. Yeah, founder of Fubu. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The guy in uh, right. Shark Tank. The, right. You know, he's also the founder of Fubu. You know what I'm saying? Like, like hardcore. Yeah. But 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 if you're just talking like, like satorial beings, I mean, Rich Fresh is probably yeah, it would the only be uh, Musica, Musica Ferreira. Yeah. That would be Ferrer. Musica you know, Ferrer. Musica Ferreira. Well, well, I don't know. Well, he just kind of uh, went, well, went well, off this, the grid a little bit. Well, well, this is what I'm saying. And, and this is something else that I want to speak to. 
Rich Fresh is one of the most refreshing things I've seen in menswear because Rich Fresh has really shifted the menswear culture. Like he's changed yeah. the way men are buying clothes. So what happens is there, there's a difference between being the part and looking the part. It's a big difference. And what happens is when a guy comes around and he's 100% authentic, he builds the go- See, Rich Fresh as a designer has a control that, that a guy like me or Davison Ferrer does not have. We cannot cut. Mm, yeah. That, that puts him far ahead of a lot of guys. That's why he's creating stuff that none of us have ever seen, nor any of us would have thought to do. Whereas and most he of the rules before breaking it. He, he understands the rule well enough, and Absolutely. then he broke it. We, a lot of guys try to break the rules without understanding the rules in the first place. Absolutely. made uh, streetwear. He combined streetwear with comfortable clothing with sartorialism, and that's genius. Well, 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 this is what I thought. I thought, to be honest with you, and, and I would like to get you your opinion on this. I personally think Musica is kind of off the grid because I think due to Rich Fresh, I don't think it, I mean, what, the, what, what can you do? How do you answer that? This man has come in and just shifted everything to where now a one button peak lapel suit, that shit ain't gonna get the job done. You gotta design that. Yeah. Now here's anybody else's shit look basic as fuck compared to uh, a one button with the fucking five inch lapel is not gonna solve your problems. Like you have to design that. Like you have to be creative. Everyone is taking the time for inspiration and bit off that, Mm. like. Rich Fresh actually is forcing people to create. And that's what I love because the people that have been copying for years, a lot of these people are going to fall by the wayside because now you have to be original. Uh, 18th Amendment. I love what they're doing to the 18th Amendment. They've recreated. They're, you know, they've branded it differently. You know, there are certain things that you associate with that brand now. The double glim plan, the camo. He's branding himself. That's an actual brand with an aesthetic. That's something I can appreciate and something I can, I, I can you know, visually grab a hold of. Whereas everybody's making peak lapel suits now. Mm. Everyone's doing that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, come on. So I, I would be or interested. Kamisha, that that uh, thing on the shirt, shoulder kind of thing. Uh, you know what Spala Kamisha is? Uh, the Neapolitan style uh, where... Uh, you, yeah. you have no shoulder pads on and stuff. But but there are so many people doing it so bad that it takes away from the real art. Because yes. uh, they do it from uh, Chinese companies and uh, they just copy it badly and they just ruin it. Uh, well, we and, uh, supply is another. Because yeah. um, I don't know if I ever told you this. I worked at Suit Supply for one year. Literally. Okay. It was one year exactly. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, suit supply is a great, uh, I had a good relationship with the upper management when I was there. The upper management was fine. The only issue is suit supply is a great company, but they are, it is a Dutch company. You, you guys are world travel. You know, this, the Dutch community is a very outspoken community. Like, you know, like if you're talking to a, 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 you know, a person of, of that ethnicity, they're very upfront with you about how they feel. Yeah. If they don't like something, they don't try to bite their tongue. So, when I was at Suit Supply, people would sometimes speak to me in a manner that they didn't want to be spoken to in. So I didn't fit in at Suit Supply. I was there one year and it, it just didn't work out. But I didn't really like what they were doing. I felt like they, they came into the industry. 
they exposed the industry, like stores like Neiman Marcus, who who did, who had guys in there selling you a seventeen hundred dollars suit, but he didn't know how it was supposed to fit. So they exposed the industry in that manner. But they, cre- I felt like they've created a lot of little monsters of guys that just think they are much more superior than what they really are. It's just like, dude, calm the fuck down. It suits the It's a cheap I'm Chinese like, suit. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, stop it. Because I've heard, you know, I had a guy walk up to me and he was just like, yeah, man, I got this from Suit Supply, man. This is the, uh, the La Spala Kamichi. And I'm like, that shit from China, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and the thing is, it's like, I'm not, like, and it's like, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but it's like, sir, like, yeah, like, I like, and really? I like from fabric, <laughs> yeah, just, for example, Suit Supply would uh, identify different ranges by fabrics or using a different fabric brands and shit. But what they do is they order what the brands have never, ever done before, which is to cheap cheapest the shit out of uh, a yarn. And and it's, uh, brands would be ready to destroy their own uh, ethics and brand for getting that large order to make their company survive for another year. Like they would, uh, you know, have gimmicks and shit so that they people can market it differently, but they would be getting inferior fabrics that you wouldn't even normally get from the, those particular brands. But because suit supply is so huge, you're not going to say no to that order. Well, and the thing is, I think a lot of suit supply success came from niche. I mean, just the fact that niche is like, and people don't understand, niche is a different type of animal. He is one of those guys that understands marketing, PR visual merchandising people don't even understand his past and what he did at brunello cuccinelli pre-suit supply so a lot of suit supply taking over the american market was the genius of niche because he's one of those guys he understands so many aspects of the business that's why they could come on the market and uh, make a men's warehouse look worse than it already looked but the price points Mm. are similar you know what i'm saying that's branding that's proper marketing niche is a genius and uh, if niche if niche sees this Shout out to Nice. It's your boy Jay. Nothing but love for you. He's my homeboy. He's a great guy. You know, one of the things I think is interesting about companies like Suit Supply, like the companies that do the, the made-to-measure stuff, mm-hmm. is that it really opened up the American market. Like, I'm I'm a little bit older than you. I'm like a very young Gen X, right? I'm, I'm 41. Okay. And you look great, bro. When I was coming up, like, you know, the Wen's uh, Warehouse was like where I – for a sport coat, you know, like I rolled into men's warehouse, I dropped like $180 and got like a wool sport coat up in uh, Boston, you know, and wore it to a job interview. And uh, it didn't fit well at all. I'm, a, I'm a, an odd size guy to begin with. And so off the rack isn't really an option for someone like me most of right. the time, you know, and it, just, it always looks bad. And a lot of people refer to that as like more of an American fit, right? It's, it's a little too loose. It's a little too baggy. And uh, made to measure really opened up the market, I think, to a lot of people who never thought that a suit could fit well for them. And so that that made to measure aspect really changed the game as far as getting people to think about how they look, how things fit, and understanding sort of the fit and finish of, of their their menswear. See, you, you know, is you know when you look at things like that, it's kind of one of those things where it, it's very much a, of of a catch twenty two because. Now, when you look at it, you know, made to measure now in 2020 yeah. is, I mean, you, I mean, you, you guys already know where I'm going with this. Everyone does made to measure now. Yeah. Everyone does it, you know? And I just think it's interesting. You know, when I was at Ralph doing made to measure, 
there were guys that I would help there. And now it's like they're making suits. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things to where it's it's on the market, but there are so many people trying to do it. The exclusivity, it just mm. is, is not really there anymore. Like at this point, a chalk striped suit is no longer exciting because everyone has access to it. That's why rich people like Rich Fresh are consumed because he's given the people a different perspective and even a more laid back perspective, a non-stiff perspective of suit. Mm. So that's, you know, his major success. And I think for any designer, that's the direction you need to go in. Do you. You're not going to do Bruno Cuccinelli better than Bruno Cuccinelli. You're not going to yeah. do Rubenacci better than Rubenacci. Create. Or if you can't create, then the hell are you making clothes for? Yeah, I think what most of the- being not exclusive is, is a good thing, though, because it, it it kind of ups the base level of the industry, right? They can never be... But the, the downside is it, it sort of has now become sort of the, the equivalent of fast, fast fashion, right? Where a lot of these suits are just disposable. And I, and I from someone who, who really looks to make my own brand sustainable, and I know Jay is also very much into sustainability with what he does and, and not having waste. And, you know, the idea that a suit is something that you wear once and toss out is, is very upsetting to me. Very upsetting. Well, well, well. You know, it, 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 it's definitely one of those things, like you said, it, it's it, it's fast fashion. Now, I think that's the yeah. perfect term. And the only thing that comes with fast fashion a lot of times is just a lot of bad replicas. You yeah. know, yeah. I, you understand what I'm saying? I live in Atlanta, Georgia, man. 100. I walk through Midtown and I'm just, you know, and it's kind of like it's a, it's a specific blueprint now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of, of the Indinchino guy. And that, and you, you guys kind of understand where I'm going when I say that. Yeah. The guy who's just gotten into made to measure, you know, that guy, it's a blueprint. That's the guy that's going to go buy that, you know, go buy that 495 Almond Allen Edmond or uh, that Almond Cole Hahn. Just no creativity at all. Just, yeah. you know, the, the typical I look like an insurance salesman. Look, no, yeah. no one's interested in that. There's nothing creative. Uh, personally, I think brown shoes suck. If they are not, uh, if it's not a well-made English-made shoe, if it's not the right brand, yeah. Like honestly, at this point, like again, Goodyear brown well, shoes, hard bottom. Right. What is the thing? Brown shoes have been running to the ground so hard. Mm. I almost feel like it's a casual shoe now. Actually, I wear black shoes now when I wear my suits because I almost feel brown is too casual because I just see it too often. Mm. It, does that make sense? It, it, it's it's yeah. been worn and beaten to the ground so much. I almost view it as like a casual shoe now because I just see them everywhere. You know what I hate is I see brown shoes with sneaker soles. Bruh. And like, dude, I had so this is a funny, I'm not going to say my friend's name, but I was just telling Jay this story yesterday. My boy went to Vietnam and he goes to what he thinks is a tailor shop and uh, he gets two suits, two sport coats, and three pairs of shoes that he tells me are custom made. And I'm like, dude, and he's like, it, it was 300 bucks. I'm like, bro, you did not get all that custom made for 300. You especially didn't, a, a, a single pair of shoes is like $500 custom made. I have custom made shoes. And I was like, show me a picture of your shoes. And he pops up a pair of three suede shoes with sneaker bottoms. I was like, bro, like you didn't get custom made rubber soles to a last on your foot for sure. Not in 12 hours. And he's like, dude, what are you talking about? He goes, all shoes have rubber soles. I was like, all right, we're, we're going to stop the conversation there bro. because you, you got a lot of reading to do, bro. 
But see, bro, but the thing is, why wouldn't he, you know, tap into your resources and your knowledge at this point? Like, why would he even do that? I have no idea why. The thing is, uh, we're it's in about trying the, the mistake, trying, trying it for yourself. That's important yeah. in this industry, too, to try, because there's no try perfect first custom whatever. You have to make the, the mistake. And making that mistake in Vietnam is going to cost you a lot lesser than making yeah. that mistake in Savile Row or Florence, cool. uh, where the best shoes are from. Um, so, so it's fine. That's fine, too. But, like, don't stick to it. Don't be stuck yeah. with that shit. Like, don't. Yeah, don't now, argue me. Disrespect. Yeah, yeah, now don't disrespect the Florentine shoemaker and say, oh, I got it from Hoi An at, you know, $50. So sh- why is it $1,000 here? But, yeah, but look, here's the thing. I've got I've got a pair of hard bottom. I've got three pairs of hard bottom, you know, leather shoes I had custom made to a last that was made for my foot. But on the daily basis, and, you know, I told them there's nothing wrong with having like a rubber bottom shoe. Like I wear, I wear rubber bottom sneakers every day, right? Like I wear uh, this type of shoe called the Nanyang. It's a $12 shoe here in Thailand. I wear right. that with everything. I, it's it kind of like the, the shit out of it. It changed the laces. Like Nanyang is what I, I grew up in Thailand, right? I studied in Thai school a little bit as well. So uh, Nanyang is what we would play plastic ball soccer with. Like we would play plastic ball soccer here and, uh, you know, use the shoes as the goal. And uh, that's what we would wear. Nanyang is like, it's a high school shoes. But you see this uh, large American man who is a wrestler as well, uh, wearing these Nanyang with purple laces. Like he pimped the shit out of it. But but I've I've got all their limited editions, but like, that's my style. I rock that every day. And so, like I told him, I was like, I'm not hating on your your rubber sole shoes, but don't go, don't tell people those are custom because you're going to get laughed at. Well, this is what I would say to that. Like, and this is just my theory. I am not a do-it-yourself guy when it comes to anything. You know what I'm saying? My advice is do it yourself if you can do it. If Mm. you can thoroughly do it and execute it. Because I've told clients before, as far as dressing goes, I've personally made enough mistakes for everybody and all my clients. And it's my job not to let you make those mistakes. So I think a lot of it just um, going back to, you know, one of one of the main things to speak about. I think a lot of it just goes to getting proper help. If you get the proper help. I mean, look at I mean, you saw my uh, you saw my Jay, you saw my story last week. I did a style breakdown of Roger Stone. You know, the gentleman that uh, he worked with uh, Donald Trump. I think he's uh, either you you guys know Roger Stone. Yeah. Roger Stone has been getting clothes made by Alan Flusser since the 80s. So at this point, his level of style is just amazing. Like if you like just look at just Google some images of Roger Stone, you'd be like, oh, my God, you'd be like, this dude is one of the most well-dressed guys. But that's a product of him just getting the proper help. Now, good help ain't cheap. We all know that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It ain't cheap. But at the same time, if, 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 if you make that investment, I mean, look at the level of style he has. He's written a book to where he speaks on style uh, it, very well. I've read it. So he's, a, uh, you, you know, he, he's incredible to me. But that goes to my point. Get the proper help. If you do it. So just why is no one helping Trump? What you say? Why is no one helping Trump? Yeah, it's so crazy. Because uh, don't need to be helped. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, look. Y'all don't even want me to start having that conversation, but yeah, oh, yes, we want to. Yes, please start yeah, we that, want conversation. To have that conversation. Like, I had a whole different question for you, but uh, Trump like, would be uh, amazing. You get you called into the Oval. You get called into the Oval. Trump's like, yeah. Hey, what would you do to him I right need now? To look the best. 
People are saying I'm not the best, the best. best head of state. I need you to help me. How do you help me? If Donald Trump calls and asks for my services, yeah, how, how do you help him? What, what's the first thing you do? Oh, what, what I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you exactly what I'm, doing, I'm what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what every other black person has done in this country and tell them to go fuck yourself. I'm not helping them at all. <laughs> Yo, Kanye didn't tell him that. Too. While we're talking about it. Hands down, worst dressed president. And I think we all would, uh, yeah. I think that would be a unanimous decision. Worst dressed unanimous. president now. Absolutely. Obama's dope. Obama's style is dope as fuck, though. I miss Obama. Oh, Obama. Come on, man. I love on. Obama. Man, Obama was the best. But see, speaking of president style, I'll tell you something. JFK, very interesting. Something that he's yeah. not really credited for. JFK changed the way presidents dress. You know, he, he ushered in a, almost like a hatless administration. He's one of the first presidents to give his uh, inaugural speech without a top hat. And oh. then that's when men stopped wearing top hats because, yeah, I mean, this stuff is all it's, it's all history. You, you can check this stuff out. Uh, he ushered in that understated elegance because you have to remember he came from an extremely, extremely wealthy family, super mm. wealthy, and his wife's family. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they had like crazy money. So he was one of those guys, you know, he wasn't the presidential guy. He, you know, he wore a Cartier tank. He wore an Omega tank. He was very understated, whereas some of the other presidents were, were a bit more flashy. The presidential Rolex, uh, you know, the, the president uh, date just, whereas for him, solid gold cufflinks, solid gold Omega watch, understated luxury. JFK is probably one of the, one of the best dressed Presidents, if not the best, I gotta think about. When, you remember when Obama wore that beige suit? Yeah, suit and Fox News lost their shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a dope suit, though. That was a dope suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you know, politicians, man. They just, you know, you know, blue is a very trustworthy color. I mean, that's you know, that's that's proven. But yeah. you know, I, you know, I like to see some of the presidents, uh, you know, outside of the press conferences that's when you really can see what some of the guys can do i mean i didn't think he was a good president but ronald reagan has some good style you know he's definitely not one of my favorite presidents but yes no. yeah a terrible president but he had good yeah. style um I'm trying to think eisenhower had good style so you have some pretty cool um you know some, some pretty cool presidents in there that'd um, be a cool GW, series for GW you to GW do uh, pull together his, his look pretty well see so this is interesting and this is kind of uh where, where I got pop tutorialism from. I was educating guys on style and giving guys lessons on style, but I would use pop culture references that they were familiar with. Oh, so I would, use a, right, I would use a Michael Corleone opposed to using a Cary Grant or a Clark Gable because it's 2020 and ain't nobody my age trying to hear that shit. So yeah, I might yeah. as well, you feel what I'm saying? So I might as well use Michael Corleone like Cary Grant was shoved into my face with by the industry. Like everybody's like Cary Grant, Cary. I don't give a fuck about Cary Grant. I, I could care less about Cary Grant, and, and and that's what. And again, that's what I'm saying. And that goes back to that bias we was talking about because then nobody say shit to you about Nat King Cole or Duke Ellington or yeah. Satin or anybody. But that's a whole other conversation. But pop tutorialism for me was just being able to educate people and showing people uh, pop culture figures of them tutorially proper. So that's really stuck on to me. And that's one of the main reasons why my audience is very mixed. You know, my audience is from 21 to 64. I've checked my analytics. And, right. Because I speak about everything. I speak about, you know, for the guy my age, the guy younger than me and the older guy, because I've studied uh, style from 
any perspective for the heavy guy, for the guy my size, for the tall guy. You, have you to do have a lot head. of uh, movie styles as well. You talk about movies, uh, styles in different movies too, right? So oh, uh, tell us about what, what would be an underrated movie that, you know, people don't associate with style, but had great style, uh, menswear style in it. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, they, 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 they start tackling it maybe about a year after I did, but uh, the Godfather part two, that is uh, one of the most underrated uh, films. If it's really broken down, uh, Al Pacino in that film, I mean, he just absolutely kills it, man. The opening scene, he's wearing that, uh, that Dupiani silk, uh, that Dupiani silk uh, suit with the, with the, with the, uh, with, with the morning gray loafer. Then the rest of uh, pretty much throughout the uh, series, he's wearing, uh, you know, the, the, the neckerchief with the polo with, I mean, it's very Reno, very West coast. The style is nothing like uh, part one. The, the part one is very East coast style. See, people have to understand the differences between a guy who, like, uh, let's say like a, like a lucky Luciano, who we all know originated in New York. His sense of style, in my opinion, was much different than Al Capone, who was in Chicago. See, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, so my sense of style is very Midwest. When people say to me here in Atlanta, I love the way you dress. I'm like, I dress more so like a Midwest guy. I use a lot of stripes, yeah. top coats, hats, accessorizing, where, you know, Lucky Luciano was a smooth guy. He had his Patek Philippe. You know, he had his, uh, you know, his Paisley robe in the house. It, you know, it was just a different vibe. So I've studied those sorts of things, the things that no one talks about. What about John Gotti? What do you feel about John Gotti? I mean, he was called the Dapper, uh, right. so, Dapper so John, is, right? This is the thing with John Gotti. I believe I would put John Gotti in a, I would put John Gotti in one of those, uh, in a space to where he has some cool looks, but I think with him, it's more of a swagger, story piece with him i think that's about more fascinating. About fucking right. with the police I mean, over right. and over absolutely because it really even too and I'll, i'll even go one further that's really how i feel about guys like you know frank sinatra right nat king cole stylish of that time but not really anything life-changing you know what i'm saying like frank sinatra is not going to make you approach how you wear something different He's not going to do that. You know, when you see Michael Corleone in The Godfather, the second one, you will approach dressing differently in the spring, summer. There's no way your approach will be the same after watching that. Whereas Frank Sinatra yeah. is just like, yeah, I'm just going to put a different color pocket square in my tux. Like, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So he's one of those guys. It's more of a swagger thing with him. I don't think when people look at Frank Sinatra. The attitude. Right. It's the attitude. I mean, this guy wore tuxedo pumps during the day. Who fuck does that? I mean, he's bold. He had balls. But, you know, when it comes to combinations, was he the, was he my favorite? No. Hmm. You talk about Frank Sinatra a lot, like Nat King Cole. But to me, mm -hmm. uh, one of like one of the ideals of like sort of effortless style, like just sort of pulling something off is, is always been B.B. King. Yeah. Throw a jacket on, get up on stage and, and, and tear tear it up so so you'll find it's interesting and I, jay i don't think i've ever told you this i'm a musician as well i grew up playing uh i played in different you know bands you know professionally so mm. me being a musician really helped me as i got into dressing because 
it helped me understand transition a lot better. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It, like me being a musician, knowing how to transition from song to song or from key change to key change really helped me when I would put my looks together because you need a smooth transition. That's what really makes Alan Flusser a beast. Alan Flusser, in my opinion, understands transition better than any other author that has ever written for me. He understands transition better than anyone. So when you can look at a guy and you can say, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm trying to I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, yeah, what's the transition in menswear? What do you mean by that? Like, so like how music, I understand in music, um, but uh, in menswear. So when, when I say when I say a, a smooth transition, when you look at I'm trying to think of like a guy like David Beckham. Right. We all know David Beckham. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. David Beckham has a very smooth transition through his dressing when you look at him. How do you know what the, the transitions are smooth? Because when you look at him, everything's complete. Nothing's off. The foreign hand not is exactly where it needs to be. He's wearing, you know, he's wearing the correct inter interpretation of the two patty in the shoulder. It's classic, but it has some modern and contemporary elements in the garden to where he can wear it at his age and still look contemporary. You see what I'm saying? That's a smooth transition. A lot of guys, how is this, if the, tra the transition becomes unsmooth when there are issues and flaws with the fit? A lot of guys' trousers are too tight. It's too tight around their stomach, so when they pull, it's just like a bunch of girth in the middle. In the middle, And if the garment's too tight, you can see it. You can see the shirt bulging out, just things like that. That's what makes a transition not the smoothest. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I so like, those, right, those are the things that guys, but as far as style goes now, guys aren't even challenging themselves. Every guy wants to wear a solid suit with a solid shirt and a solid tie. That's like painting a blank canvas blank again. There's no, there's no character. There's no personality. How the hell do I know who you are? Yeah. You literally just gave me another canvas that's completely blank. You've, you've told me nothing about yourself. Mm. So that's why a lot of, that's why a lot of times I'm just like, when I look at some of the stuff on the internet, I'm just like, okay, everyone's going fucking nuts over a black suit, a white shirt. And basically the men in black outfit, it's just, it just has peak lapels. Like who cares? I want to see some how real come, dress. And I want to. Hmm? How come men aren't playing with texture more? Because it like it, it's all a part. Like I said, it's all a part of that narrative. You know, it's almost like this is the matrix. And I'm trying to get people to plug into the real fucking world so we can get to yeah. the good stuff. But everyone's just stuck on wanting to be an agent and wearing black and white every day. And I mean, that's yeah. literally where everyone is or uh, go ahead. Dana, Dana, pull that picture up of Jay. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Jay, tell yeah. me about this tie bar, right? And how, you, uh, how how did that become controversial? So so this is the thing. A lot of people don't know this, but when you're not in the army, so I want to be very clear about this because I know some history buffs going to try to fact check me on this. Uh, when you're in the, uh, the army, they, you know, the, with the uniform, they'll wear their tie bars completely straight. Uh, that tie bar that I'm slanting at a 45 degree angle, that comes from uh, a historian of a, of a rich uh, Frenchman who uh, was eating dinner one night, but his tie was so long, it kept dipping in his soup bowl. 
So what he did, he lifted the tie up, pulled the pin from his hat, and he put it in at a 45-degree angle. So that was some of the birth of the tie bar. I don't worry. I don't like anything to go directly across my body. That's why I slant my tie bar down. When I'm getting dressed, nothing goes directly across me at all. That's kind of like a, an old school rule. That's like something you probably hear Flusser talk about. But yeah, yeah. that's like, oh, like, have you guys, seen, like in Wall Street, have you guys noticed Gordon Gecko's tie bar slanted? Have you guys noticed that? Mm. Yeah. Like, look at that. Or like, or when you see Ralph Lauren merchandise, his tie bar is slanted. That's a very classic thing. It's just most people don't know it. And unfortunately, if you're a journalism major, you probably don't know it either. If you work at GQ, you just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just these <laughs> things just go unspoken of. But that's what that, so that's want- what that's before we continue with the uh, the interview, Jay, we've got a little segment that we we pop in here with ten questions. I'd like to run through this Ooh, with you, okay? Kind of like catch you off guard a little bit, if it's all right. Man, let's go. All right. So the the ten dapper villain questions. First one is: you can only use one fabric for the rest of your days: linen, wool, cotton. Which one and why? Oh, give 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 me a tropical wool all day. Wool all day, man. Uh, just because. Wool all day. Hex, yeah. I mean, that's a part of my. Uh, that's a part of my daily wardrobe. Uh, and as far as like mm. my personal body temperature, I've probably done the best with wool. I mean, it, it, it's the, in my opinion, it, it's the best all-purpose. So yeah, most, tropical most is a smart choice. Tropical is a smart choice because tropical, tropical, wool, tropical wool is is important. Yeah. So like a fresco or something that yeah, open weave kind of yeah. fabric. Yep. Yeah. Tropical wool, baby. Ne- next up, favorite menswear item. Mine. Yeah, your favorite menswear item, like, oh, like my- in general, like that you oh, no. see, like. What- oh, I tell you exactly. Mine is my favorite menswear item is my my uh my signet ring, my JG, my JG okay. signet nice. ring. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like my favorite joint. Where would you put your ring? Yeah, which, which, finger? You, which finger do you have? I wear it on my pinky. It, like it's my initials, JG for like J Gas. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. Left or right? Say again. Left or left right? Left or right hand? Oh, I wear it on my left hand. Okay. Yeah, I wear it on my left hand. Yeah. I wear my signet on my uh, my right ring finger. Okay. Because what? you're married, yeah, you I have to I'm wear not. the ring. Yeah. See what what, see, what I did yeah. for um what what I did. all right so no okay go ahead. Three. Number three, is it ever okay? Is it ever okay to wear denim on denim on denim? You know, i.e. the Canadian tuxedo. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, so this is the thing with that. That's different. I I say when, when you're doing things like that, I think it's either sink yeah. or swim. You know, I just feel if yeah. you're going to take that jump, know what you're doing because. You know, you guys have seen it. Ralph has worn denim with a tuxedo and killed it. You know what I'm saying? But he did it with the confidence and he did it in the right way. See, that's something that I would have to see on the person because he was already Ralph Lauren. Right. But but, but this is what I'm saying. A guy like Lapo Elkin would do a denim tux and fucking kill it. He would kill it. So it just depends on the guy. And the style IQ. I need like you need a guy with like a lapo understanding of style. He'll kill it. But if you just get a dude yeah. that shops at like fucking top man trying to be different, he's probably gonna drop the ball. 
Yeah, like, I, always, no. I always see guys who are, who are rocking jeans and a denim shirt, and I just kind of give it the side eye, like, ooh, too much. Like, right. See, man, like, you're right. right. I, I, do, I do go the wrong way. Right. Yeah. All right, num- number four, British or Italian tailoring, or you can throw American tailoring in here. Which do you prefer? American. Yeah? Why? Yeah, all day. Because, like, again, I don't believe most people have had the proper uh, – most people are uneducated when it comes to American formal clothing because everyone is trying to look as European as they possibly can. Uh, oh, the American, Right. The American garment, in my opinion, is the best because it does fit you in the hip area, but there is a lot of – you know, there are some – you know, a lot of drape incorporated, you know, with the, with the fit. Whereas – you know, you got most guys wearing suit trousers like denim, and it's like, who the hell does that? So, yeah, yeah uh, you see what I'm saying? So, like, to be honest with you, bro, it's, it's definitely one of those things for me to where, you know, I would have to say that would be the route to go on it. That way. That's very interesting that you said about the drape because yeah. it, uh, that's why that's why I feel like American customers mm-hmm. seem to like better fabrics because the drape has to do a lot of it. Uh, yeah. whereas, uh, and and that's fabric talking. That's not uh, just style. Like you have to have good fabrics to have drape. And, 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 and I was gonna say, stop wearing your damn dress pants on your uh, hips. Oh my god! Like, bro. Like, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, again, a lot of these publications are just dropping the ball because a lot of the guys, a lot of these guys, could really have good style but they just don't understand the fundamentals of dress and they haven't mastered the fundamentals. I've mastered the fundamentals. I tell people all the time, like I'm not that like that great of a dresser. I just understand the fundamentals and I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's, it's not that complicated, you know? Favorite accessory and why other than your signet ring, which you already talked about my favorite accessory. Well, you know what? Uh, Jay, I know you'll appreciate this, and I'm sure you will too. I always tell my mentees, uh, the best accessory you can have is a beautiful date. Damn right. Literally, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because you got to think that's not really a good look for you to have a nice suit on and you got an ugly ass date. That's not really <laughs> You know what I mean? You can't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate it uh, that because I'll do that from now on. <laughs> I'll wear shitty clothes, but bring a really, really, really hot chick with me, and it'll be okay. Next video, I'll bring, bring it out. Let's have like the God, Godfather in the WWF, like the guy who would show up like with the you know <laughs> girls wearing green suit, shamrock color suit. Man, Question you know, six. Go ahead. Question six. We talked about watches earlier, so this is relevant. We talked about the understated watches of JFK, and we sure. talked about the loud watches some other people bring. How on point should a men's watch game be? Ooh, I think um, I think the watch piece, you know, if you, you are into watches or, you know, if you choose to wear one, I think a watch is, is important. And really, you could tell a lot about a guy by his watch because, it, you know, it's an internal decision. Most times. So you can, you know what I mean? Like just because I understand aesthetically the different type of watches, if I see it, if I'm helping a guy and he has an AP, 
I understand a little bit more about his personality because I know that customer. And you guys know in high-end retail, there are certain things that each customer has. The Ferrari customer, the Hermes customer. So yeah. once you kind of work high-end for a while, you can kind of see some of those things. I think it's important to... I think it's important. Like if, I feel like if you're going to have a nice car, you should have a nice watch. And I feel like your wardrobe should all be... All of that should be on the same level. A Hublot with a Ferrari and Express is not the move. And guys do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause it don't make no sense for you to have a Hublot or Ferrari and you wearing like fucking Banana Republic. That's just crazy. It don't True. look right. You can't get out the car in that. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think it, I, like, is it important? Yes. If you're into watches, yes. But more importantly, just, you know, but I would buy the watch that really matches where you are in life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. that's the more important thing. Buy a watch that speaks to where you are in life and, and to who you are as a person, if that makes any sense. 100%. And yeah. one of the things I, I'll ask you about this as well, because a lot of guys think, and, and I see this a lot, a lot of guys will think, all right, I want to I want a watch to look good with this suit or with this jacket. And they go out and they buy these huge faced watches, like a 50 millimeter watch. And they've got tiny ass wrists, and I've got a huge wrist, and my my watch is a thirty eight millimeter, right? And people are always like, "Oh, your watch is too small," right? I just I just like the aesthetic of something that looks tiny. Sure. Well, well the thing is, that's what you said. It, well, it's just it's one of those things, man. Where when you pay a little, you know, when you pay a little extra, you get small conveniences with the extra yeah. pay because. You know, a lot of times, and we're all menswear guys, so I know that you all have seen this. Y'all have probably never discussed it with anybody, but the shit I'm about to tell y'all, I know y'all have seen shit. So, okay. one thing that drives a person like me crazy, when I look at things and I know what they're supposed to look like. Like, by the, like, prime example, you know how we, a lot of the guys overseas, and a lot of the guys in the States now, and they've been doing it for some years, you know, they'll wear the beads with their watch. They'll wear them over the watch and under the watch. To be completely transparent, a lot of times those transitions only really go smooth with higher end watches. Mm. It don't look right with the Michael Kors. No yeah. disrespect to anyone, but it don't look right. Just, just get, get the padding, get the AP. Mm. It, 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 doesn't, it does not translate very well. You know what I mean? And like, what does the beat do to the watch anyways? I mean, honestly, it says Pritura, that's it. Like, well, I mean, to be honest with you, I think most guys don't even know why they wear bees. They it's just some shit they saw online or in the magazine and was like, "Oh, that looks cool, so I'll do it." Yeah. Most people don't even know why. You know what I like though, like the thing Squarzy would wear, like those um, uh, green color, like those stones and stuff on the silver, yeah. like Native American stuff. That's yeah, cool. Those are awesome, you know. And uh, Angel wears um angel wears those a lot i wear those with my suits uh from time to time like th like that's that's a really good look but again like you know that's something creative that's something because angel was the first guy i saw do it and i was like damn and I was, that's a nice ring uh we were hanging out here in atlanta and and i was like you know what let me go grab one so mm. you know looking to the right places for inspiration is definitely you know uh you know one of the bigger keys but it, it, it's, it's just you know a lot of times, man, you know, I, I just really would like guys to just sit down and learn the fundamentals because, you, you know, you have people taking stabs at looks 
that they don't even have a level of understanding to yeah. complete. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's yeah. like when you look at the guys from Cifinelli, uh, Cifinelli and Shamat, these guys are deep of that culture and they're from a culture. Right. Like, yeah. like in, in Italy, everybody fly. That's their yeah, culture. Yeah. I, I had a chance to sit down with those two people as well, but man, right. like they're, the the composure, the coolness level made man. me want to buy a suit from them. It's just like, I, there's just so much of a man's man that I feel like, yo, I trust you to dress me up because yeah. you have so much confidence, your attitude, you'll probably inspire me to dress better. I mean, now, talking about two guys who have great style, right? Question mm-hmm. number seven. Jay, who is the style icon that you most look up to? Like, like famous person? No, no. Maybe it be just a in the industry person. too. Yeah. An icon be just you. Industry, like, yeah. Who is your style icon that you look up to? You've already talked about Rich Fresh, so um, someone else. Well, no. So yeah, Rich Fresh is more like a like a big brother type or like a brother type situation to me. Mm-hmm. My, I would say the most stylish man that I know would probably be my uh, my mentor, um, Avery Lucas. Uh, one of the first uh, black men in Esquire magazine, uh, Bespoke Taylor. If you all haven't seen, uh, he did all of the tailoring Bespoke uh, in the Spike Lee uh, movie, Malcolm X, when um, Denzel Washington was running numbers. If you guys haven't seen that, please go look at the scene. It's amazing tailoring. But Avery Lucas, I would probably say, is my uh, my style icon. When it, he, he plays no games when it comes to getting dressed. All right. Next question: How formal should a man be on a daily basis? Ooh, when we're talking dress, right? How formal should a man dress on a daily basis? Ah, that's di- you, like know, that- you know, you see guys out there who are like three piece or nothing, three piece or nothing all day, right? And they want you to always be at like this this formal level, right? What What are your take on that? So this is what I think about that and and i've been asked this before that's an interesting question this is really what i think i think people need to take more pride in their nine to five look i think the nine to five look or the look like that you wear to work is just mm-hmm. a piece of shit that no one cares about you know see for a person like me people tell me that i look that i dress up all the time it's not really that I dress up. It's that there's no off button. I look the way I look. On Monday morning, I look the same way I look on Friday evening when I'm going out to have dinner. There's no difference. The consistency is there. You see what I'm saying? I think most people yeah. treat their nine to five look like it's a piece of shit, but when they're going out to hang out on the weekends, that's when they do their hair. I don't have those problems because I always look the same. It, mm-hmm. No off button. You might get hit with a double-breasted. You might get hit with a three-piece. It's no telling, but it's going to be hitting hard. So that's really what I think it is. I think it's people just not taking enough pride. And some people don't give a damn what they look like when they go to work. That's right. That's what I think it is. Some They just don't. Because the average person, what they look like at work versus what they look like when they're going out socially is completely different. That makes sense. Consistency, not formality, but consistency is the right. key. Whatever you do, just be consistent. Right, just be consistent at it. Because some people are are not gonna care, and they just gonna look like shit at work. But on Friday, you like you see them out and be like, wait, is that the same person? That's happened to me several times. I've seen people in nine to five situations and seen them after five, and I'm just like, 
what happened? Hmm. You're wearing makeup now. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, those things switch up. But, yeah, just be consistent at whatever you do. Whatever you do, just do it every day. Question nine. Question nine. To tie or not to tie? That is the question. Oh, tie all day. All day? Yeah, all day. Absolutely. Why not? Why not use a tie? That, Like I said, that's, that's the Dana, what about you? Are you a tie guy? I don't even have a collar on my shirt, bro. I've got this, uh, this band collar I rock. I don't know how to tie a tie. Actually, if I wear a tie, I wear a bow tie. That's not true. Bro, no. You don't tie a tie. I know, but I I always have like famous people tying a tie for me, and uh, we have that as a joke that um, I have to get uh, someone else to tie me a tie. But I've tried. Like my brains doesn't function that way. It's like three steps. I get lost at the second step, and I'm like, fuck, fuck this shit. All right. So what what's your knot? How do you tie your tie, Jay? Oh, forehand all day. Forehand, really? Forehand, yeah. I mean, I think that's the knot every guy should tie. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Winsers. Because yeah. unfortunately, like when you like, unfortunately, it's one of those things that where like when you start town Wednesday nights, like people start asking you, you're like, are you a pastor? So I've got a 22 inch <laughs> neck. A foreign hand looks like a little like I'm wearing a bolo. Ah, uh, okay, I got you. Yeah, I can see that. But see, but this is the yeah, thing. One of the episodes we'll do is um, uh, you teaching me how to tie a tie. <laughs> I, I love the foreign hand also. Like I think it's a great looking knot. It just with a big neck, it doesn't work. I, I, I yeah, I can see that. But see, the thing is too, when you tie, it, like if a Windsor is is in my opinion, if a Windsor is tied correctly, it doesn't look like it doesn't look bad. It's just most people don't properly tie it. They just tie it like in the most extra way. I think if you're gonna tie a Windsor, you, if you're doing a full Windsor, you got to go with a widespread. Oh, all day. all day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't let me catch you out. Don't let me catch you out with that narrow ass collar in a, in a full Windsor. <laughs> oh, don't, my God. Listen, listen, man, I talk about um, th th that's one of the things I, I, uh, I'm a part of a high school program here in Atlanta at Creekside High. And this is a program to where we go in every uh, week and we actually talk to uh, the young guys about uh, proper dress and, you know, proper right. dress for a job interview. And, you know, these guys are uh, ninth, 10th graders and already, you know, we got these guys working with mannequins already. They're understanding right. how to mix patterns and all that stuff. And, you know, that's what's important, man. That's how you really change the generation going oh, into sure. the schools at a young age and making sure these young, uh, these young guys are getting the proper education, you know, letting them yeah. deal with a guy who knows about suits. So that's, those one of the things um, that I was working on. We were, uh, I was um, talking to them about foreign hands the other day. Just to, it's just interesting that we're having this conversation. I just had it not long ago. And it's, and it's really good that you you'll teach them. What you will teach them is how to invest right in menswear items. Yeah. So that it's longer term. It's not fast fashion. How to avoid you know things that you can only wear once and not use. Like people do that a lot with sneakers and shit. Like yeah. uh, a lot of money wasted on Yeezys that they're not gonna wear it when when they're older, man. Like seriously, they they're buying things with money they don't have and it to impress people that don't care about them. Well, I mean, even even too, you know, I, I've told people all the time, you know, I, I have you know. English, I have English made shoes, you know, I ain't waiting in line for those. For, so for damn sure I ain't waiting in line for no damn Air Jordans. You know what I'm saying? I got shit in my closet that's bench made in England yeah. and I didn't have to wait in line. So like, I'm, I'm 
for no reason will I ever in my life wait outside in the cold for a tennis shoe. Like, that's ridiculous. That's great. <laughs> I think the second you walk on a pair of hard bottoms with a Goodyear welt, you're, yeah. you're never going to see shoes the same. So, say that one more time. The, the second you, you step out on the street, that you walk in a pair of hard bottoms with a yeah. Goodyear welt on them, oh, you're yeah. never going to see shoes the same. Oh, man, listen, listen. That's the way – listen, man, Goodyear welt. But see, this is the thing, though. I'm in a space now to where – Right now, I go through different phases of mm. um, the type of shoes I like. Right now, I'm just really into wearing Belgian loafers every day. Like, every, it's oh. kind of like my, yeah, it's my everyday thing. I'll go through a mode of where I go through, like, velvet loafers. I'll wear velvet loafers for a while. Then I'll wear Belgian loafers. Then I'll probably go through, like, a um, like a chocolate brown lace. It just depends. But, but like, my opinions and, and how I'm feeling is consistently changing. But, like, right yeah. now, I'm really wearing a lot of them. Um, I'm really wearing a lot of loafers, man. That's like my day. You know, what I'm saying is it's not about the, the wealth itself or like the, 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 the construction, but it's like the, or not about the style, but it's about the construction. The second you, yeah. the first time you wear a real pair of shoes, not like, not some rubber bottoms, you know, like, you know, men's warehouse shoes. Yeah. A real pair. And, and your, your foot molds into that cork and you, you feel the, the way the, you feel the ground through the leather sole. A Yeezy is never gonna feel good on your foot after that. No, man. Like no. And and you know, I always encourage guys to invest properly because you know, good stuff costs you money because it saves you money. Just pay the yeah. money up front so you don't have to buy it again. Just yeah. spend just spend eight hundred dollars on a nice brown shoe, and that's your brown shoe. You don't have to do it again. Instead of buying ten pair from a store like Aldo yeah. in like an eighteen month period. Like that's just crazy. You you've We're exceeded a thousand dollars, right? What do you think about sneakers with suits? Sorry, Dana. Uh, but I really want to ask this question as well. Uh, so I actually, I actually, I love it. It just has to be done correct. Um, who I really think does a good job at that is uh, Chris Paul. Uh, I think Chris player? Paul, yeah, absolutely. I think he does a phenomenal job. But I think for him, it's uh, I like it. It, it. It's a It's a believable piece on him, you know? Mm. You know, he's a very nice guy and I like what he does with his style. You know, he's very playful. You can tell he has fun when he uh, gets dressed. Now you like, but it comes out well. Whereas a guy like Russell Westbrook, he has fun too, but it's just like, what are you doing? But Chris Paul, the style is nice and he's wearing, you know, good stuff. Bally, Montclair, like he's wearing the right stuff. So yeah, like Chris Paul, I think he does a phenomenal job. And to his credit, he was really the first guy in the NBA doing the whole casual vibe with the suit. He because you remember LeBron was doing the whole, you know, when he was uh when when Rachel was styling him, he was doing all of the uh the, the Tom Ford, the purple label. You know, he was doing some some really nice stuff. And then Chris Paul just came from a completely different perspective, man, with these casual suits with tree torns and all these different cool shoes. So I was like, yeah, Chris Paul. Uh, like in that manner, I, I love um I love suits with um sneakers. I love it if it's done right. All right. So last question of the ten, not the end of the interview, but the last of the ten. Which movie character has a style game on lock? Who just has it? Bro, there's a Washington American gangster, hands down. Um All day. hands down. Hell yeah. I mean, bro, even the hunting scene. Did you see the hunting jacket with the bellows pocket? For the shotgun yeah. shell from the jacket? Like, that's so authentic. 
It's so the many. Evolution, the evolution of the style of that character in the movie was amazing. Oh my god! Like, bro, Denzel. Wa- so yeah, Denzel Washington for that one. And I got to give you one more. That's right. that, that black film about a, a black character. And I mean, I kind of feel like y'all know this one was coming, but I got to just give it to him. Gore and Gecko Wall Street. You just got to give it up. Like, I mean, you, yeah. Like at this point, I don't think anything will ever top that as far as like a wardrobe matching the character like perfectly. I don't think anyone will ever capture that type of uh, authenticity ever again. Nice. Ever. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's... Yeah, American Gangster, though. Denzel Washington. What a great look throughout the entire film. Well, I'm going to tell you this. My favorite look... See, my mentor used to make me study films. What he would do... He would have me watch a movie and watch a movie and watch a movie till I could commit all of the looks to memory. So when I look at movies now, it's kind of like my I've kind of somewhat programmed my mind to remember exactly what was being worn in every scene. If you look at the, the scene where he's in court, where he comes in with the uh, with the black three piece wide notch lapel, black with like a banker stripe. Oh my god, it's just crazy. Like go back and look at the scene when he comes in court. I mean, he looks phenomenal. He looks fierce. He looks ready for the judge. I mean, he obviously lost the fucking case, but he looked like he was about to win. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, yeah, that's like one of my favorite um, films of all times. And also that was Leonard Logsdale um, tailoring. For those of you that don't know, Leonard Logsdale is a beast. Uh, He also did uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, Wall Street. Street. Wall Street. And he also did Gordon Gecko in uh, Money Never Sleeps. So Wall Street too. So phenomenal stuff. Yeah, all good looks in those movies. Yeah, The Wolf of Wall Street had some great looks. And because they covered like kind of a an interesting time. Yeah. Right. In in menswear. So it was like these I love that crazy movie. power suits, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you another movie too that I really think a lot of people uh kind of sleep on. Hitch with Will Smith. Oh yeah, even yeah, yeah, because you gotta think about it. He that movie came out right before menswear transitioned into the fitted button down with the fitted suit. Like, go back and watch it. You'd be like, oh wow, this actually was before men like it, it transitioned. Like, go back and look at Hitch. You'd be like, wow, I kind of forgot that. So yeah, Hitch is a really good film too. Not the most stylish things, but they did kind of put that out right before men like massively started wearing like fitted garments. Just go back yeah. and watch it. You'd be like, oh, wow, I never know. I totally forgot about that. Hey, you know, there's something about like the, uh, do you remember the movie Ray? What movie? Ray. Yeah, absolutely. So the anytime you see a movie about a musician, right, there's always like a functionality to the menswear in that movie because musicians yeah. are, you know, they're, they're so functional. Absolutely, and uh, I, I always love the way, like especially in Ray, that Jamie Foxx pulled off the the looks, the performance looks, as well as the casual, but like on stage with that look and the the functionality of it. See, I'm gonna tell you this, um, and I don't know if you've seen the page I, on the Real Black Men's Wear page. There's actually a character from that movie that I reference all the time. Are, are you very familiar with the movie? I've seen it a few times. Like, if you name an obscure character, though, I probably miss it. So, so you remember towards the end of the movie, there's a guy. His name is Joe Adams. He's like oh, yeah. uh, he's the light skinned guy. He was like the director, and he kind of came in and like took Ray Charles Camp over. 
That yeah. dude was extremely elegant. Like, look at his style. You know, like that's like that's like black lux in like mm. the fifties and sixties. I mean, this dude is wearing the ascot. I mean, like, I mean, just phenomenally dressed, man. Go back and check that out if, um, on your downtime. Great stuff for sure. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of times it's funny because you see things in movies. And, you know, they're, they're applicable to real world, but a lot of times, like, you know, and I, the characters are so over the top that it's not something you can really pull off or maybe you don't want to pull off. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like, I mean, like, I, I, I totally agree. I've just always looked at, um, and, and that's why me, working at Ralph kind of worked for me because I, I studied a lot of the high end guys, you know, as far as fictional characters, the Michael Corleone's, the Gordon Geckos, even too, you know, I would, I went as far as studying a lot of the Wall Street guys from the 80s, believe it or not. I personally did that. Really? Yeah, because I want, I wanted my, I wanted my Wall Street look when I did it to be authentic. So I went and studied guys like Mike Milliken, Ivan Boski. Like I went and mm. studied a lot of those guys, the guys that Wall Street was actually about. Just so if I was ever asked about it in a situation like this, I'll be able to intelligently speak to it. You know, I hate being asked questions that I can't answer. That's like super annoying. But um, <laughs> Jay Jay knows that about me. But yeah, man, like that's that's definitely the um, like check that out, the Ray movie. Please check that out. You know, this I, I like personally. I know my I like to take a lot of inspiration from my style, from like sort of uh from Americana in particular, especially like early like uh. Like that, that blues, that Motown era, like like that style of sort of like functional menswear, in the terms of like like if you ever see uh what's the movie with uh Terrence Howard um uh the Motown movie uh Jackson Five no no is uh well, let me look this up yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the name of the movie's uh escaping me now he was uh. Who did he play in this? Yeah, I was say you got you got my curiosity now. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what film this is. I think it was Terrence Howard. Let me. Uh, but yeah, I like that. I, I like that sort of functional, like like the 1920s to like 1950s sort of functionality of of menswear. You said you you said you like like the 50s era of menswear. Like 1920s to 1950s, where like things were like really before they've got before they got like zoot suitish when they were like functional, like you would wear a suit to work every day. Gotcha. Yeah, will you know, zoot suit ever come back? <laughs> nah, man. Nah, man. Like that's just. No, I'd like to wear it. I'd like to wear zoot suits. I said it out here first. Hey, man. <laughs> I just want to know what it feels like to wear it. I mean, what I think is, is, is just like, and I'm, I'm really trying to think like how, like in what situation would it look okay? You know, oh, it's, it's in no situation would it right. look okay. Right. No situation at all. Dude, there's this account that I follow. It's El Chapo's Zoot Suit in Los Angeles. And it's, it's a culture behind it and it's still right. going on. Like there's still people, you know, in the Cadillac and, uh, you know, uh, wearing that, but it's, it's now, uh, that guy's like a Mexican gangster kind of guy wearing zoot suits. Uh, it, it, but it's very interesting to see how hey, that culture you know, is still there. 
It's interesting to hear you say that, man. And that's one of the, the main reasons why I've refrained from speaking. Like I, I've tried my best to refrain from telling people that that they're wrong in how they dress, because like you said, when you look, we're, we're talking about zoot suits. And obviously, to all, we, we, we can all agree that zoot suits are not flattering to any man. But when it's a culture piece, it carries a different type of weight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. So I've kind of reached a place now to where I'm just like, it's not really my place to say that's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. I'm that open minded now to where it's just like, no, that's culture. So it's kind of weird for me to say that that's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Dana, you're still finding that movie? You're still searching yeah, for that movie? Dude, fuck it, man. Aaron Howard wasn't in it. <laughs> I'm sure you said it was a Motown movie. It, it wasn't. I think it was Motown or, or Detroit. It was the movie where Howlin' Wolf was one of the, the main characters. God, I can't remember the actors in it. Howlin' Wolf. Well, you're not talking about Crossroads, are you? No, not Crossroads. Okay, I'm thinking of uh, Robert Johnson film. See, this is an OCD versus uh, ADD problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I never remember shit from movies, except uh, the sexy scenes, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Watch is a different type of movie than we're talking about. Yeah, like I've out of like over thirty movies, bro. Like sometimes if it's twenty minutes and it's boring, I get out. Like I, I don't have very long attention span. Uh, for right. so, so Jay, let, Jay, let me ask you something, man. How um, let me ask you something, and I'm asking you and Dan while Dan is looking for the movie. How important do you think it is for a clothier sense of style to be on point? Because you know, I've seen a lot of guys sell a, a ton of clothes, and I don't think they're very well dressed. They're just great sales. So from your perspective, I know you deal with a lot of guys that sell clothes. Do you think it's something that's important, or you don't really think it's a big deal? Like, how do you feel about it? You know, I respect it because I see guys in suits all the time. Right. What I look for in a clothier is how do you dress casual? Like when you're not in suits, show me that, and I can determine whether you're a real effortlessly styled person or not whether you're trying because you're just selling your suits when you're wearing your suits, but uh, versus how you are casually, because that matters a lot because that reflects the gentleman more than what he's trying to look like. Of course. I'm trying to present himself. You got something like I, I said, man, like, like casual I'm really elegance. excited about this. I but, find casual elegance a very interesting uh, look, a very interesting subject. Yeah, I think that, that casual style is important. I mean, be able to – we talk about – we joke about spettatura, but, you know, being able to pull off like an effortless, casual, comfortable look is important. See, and that's the thing, man. See, casual for me, uh, really at this point – and that's the thing. I, I go through all these different phases because my casual stuff, like, really now is not the most – Satorial, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I've been wearing suits for a long time, and I've just kind of gotten to a place to where, when I'm not wearing a suit, I'm not wearing a suit. You know, like my yeah, my casual stuff is way different now. Cause you know, I used to do cream gaps, velvet loafers, not a tee. You, you know what I'm saying? Like all of that stuff around Lauren, but it's just like, man, I'm not wearing that. Um, I'm not wearing that stuff anymore. Like but days. I feel like we, we would be doing a uh, second or third episode with you because we could just like, you know, have that screen of uh, sharing different photos and talk yeah. about yeah. the yeah. style of each 
and, and that would be a whole show on itself. Like that's Chris hard. Paul, like nobody ever brought up Chris Paul. Uh, and, and that's what I like about you. Like you bring up these um, style that, you know, sometimes you would miss. And uh, it's so important to to look at it and understand it and stuff. Well, you that's know, inspiring. What, what is the thing? One of, one of my followers told me the other day, he was like, Jay, I followed he, this guy. He's followed me for six years. And he was like, I follow you because he said, you're kind of like the oh shit guy. He said, you'll show me a movie that I've watched a hundred times and you'll just show me something that was right in front of my face. And I'm like, how did I miss that? You know what I'm saying? Because like when you look at, you know, film or music videos, there are so many hidden goodies that people just overlook you know what i'm saying and i'm just like yeah. if you really want to know how to dress it's right in front of you you've probably gotten a crash course a million times you just didn't pay attention so yeah. it's kind of fun to educate people about stuff like this i, I mean I, I love doing this and the real black uh, and the real black menswear platform it's going to be a lot more of that i'll be doing videos and uh yeah it's going to be a lot more to it you guys will see how i develop the content um yeah. i'm really excited about it man You you bring out a lot of guys that are in uh, the book called I Am Dandy by my friend Natty Adams. Uh, like, in, have you ever read that book called I Am Dandy? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so like a lot of guys you put on your Instagram. I've the first time I've seen that is yeah. on um, I Am Dandy, and I never see them again. They're so underrated, and that well, book itself is very underrated. What well, was well, he? What, what that goes to show you, you know, where the menswear industry really is and the level of things and the level of content that people are consuming. People very much now have a, a suit supply frame of mind. They just want everything done fast. Where I came up in the era where suit supply didn't exist. You either wore nice shit or shit that was okay. It wasn't no, it, there was no middle answer. Yeah, there was no middle ground. You either were in Banana Republic or you were in Ralph Lauren. There was no middle place to go. Suit Supply came in and filled that void, which is great, but again, that that's created a lot of confusion of people not really being aware of what real menswear is, what real quality is. You know what I'm saying? It's just a watered down approach to Italian yeah. style, or like bitten off. Fast fashion. Yeah, it's exactly. It's just like a fast fashion thing. And I think suits, like, don't get me wrong. I think suit supply is great. I just think they've made a lot of monsters and a lot of guys mm -hmm. think they're much more superior than what they are. And I'm just like, bro, it's a $500 shoot. Like you brag about Keton or Brioni or you know what I'm saying? Like it needs to be something like amazing if you're going to brag about it. It's like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, stop. It's funny that you're like, oh, the difference used to be Purple Label or Banana Republic. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a big gap. But 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 but, but and, and that speaks to the genius of what Suit Supply did because think about because you guys remember that pre Suit Supply where did guys buy their suits from if they were not buying high end please tell me men's warehouse men's warehouse a Macy's Dillard's right Suit yeah. Supply came in and kind of knocked all of those guys out of the way and in the process hit hit big box retailers like Neiman's Saks because the service is so quick like Suit Supply is yeah. like Uber. They have a system that works for them. They're like Uber at this point. That's why yeah. every month it's a new store because they get you in. They tell you where the suit needs to fit. They put you in a proper fit and they can do that shit in less than 30 minutes. Mm. So they've come, they've come in and they snatched a good part of the market. But it's like they kind of deserve it because it was there for, for them to do. And they did it like what I'm doing with, 
real black menswear. There, this is an open space that nobody really gives a damn about. I'm educated on it, so I should just speak about it. I'm taking a place that no one is really dominating at all mm. or even operating in. So the movie I was thinking about was Cadillac Records. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Beyond so, uh, Iman, Iman, um, Iman Walker played uh, Holland Wolf, and my favorite actor, uh, Jeffrey Wright, played Muddy Waters. Okay, yeah. Right. So, like, think of that the the function. Think of Jeffrey Wright's character and the way that Muddy Waters look like it, during that movie with early on that that sort of functional. Like, you've got a, a button up tunic shirt, almost yeah. slacks. You know, they fit proper, but you know, and this is the thing I think a lot of guys don't get. If you're wearing your pants down at your hips, right, you're actually losing your range of motion. Not only does it look bad. But when you don't have your rise pulled all the way up, you've got all this fabric that's now restricting you, right? These guys, they've got the suspenders, they've got the high rise, they've got the, the loose fit button up tunic. It's a casual style, but it looks so put together. I mean, it's, but see, again, and, and that's what I love about what you're doing, because even, you know, the reference materials or the reference, the references you're making, there's so much credibility from that era of dress. So yeah. when you say, you know, I'm, you know, I love the fifties, the sick, you know, it's a certain, you know, there's a certain level of respect that comes with that. Like, mm. or if someone tell you that, you know, their, their favorite era of fashion was the two thousands or the new millennium, you're going to be like, wait, what? So, <laughs> right. You'd be like, wait, what are you talking about? So like, again, I appreciate that because, and I, I will tell you this, a lot of people, as far as menswear concerns, Mm. really don't understand the small nuances about how fit changed from the 20s to the 30s to the 40s. A lot of yeah. people don't really understand that because because the, the fit really changed. Like, if you look at Great Gatsby, right, and I'm talking the Leonardo DiCaprio version of the Great yeah. Gatsby film, his film was actually much more authentic to that time frame opposed to the original with Robert Redford. Now, mm. great clothing, that was done by Ralph Lauren. The 1972 film, that is Ralph Lauren clothing. But the reality of it is Ralph Lauren kind of gave you a 70s version of a 20 suit, opposed yeah. to what we saw Leonardo DiCaprio, that's a 20s suit. The high yeah. going, like everything about it, it's very authentic to, the, to like the roaring 20s. Whereas yeah. the stuff Ralph Lauren did was, it was amazing and we all love it, but it wasn't white but i mean shit it's ralph lauren he can do whatever the hell he wants <laughs> yeah right you know what I mean? he can do whatever he wants but that's just interesting because my favorite era is probably the 30s like that's the era when things were just the fit was good the coloration was good everything then after world war ii is when mass production started and that's when things started draping that's when clothes really got big after World War II, because they started yeah. making clothes in masses and they, they left the additional space for tailoring. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not. 40s is OK. You know, that's interesting. The Churchill Brothers, amazing, you know, senses of style, but it's very 30s coloration with the 40s fit. That's why yeah. they have had a hard time connecting with the millennial community, because the fit is not appealing to a young guy. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm like. It's not appealing because he's doing something sporty hmm. inspired. I can look at that, I can tell what it is. Whereas the average young guy is just like, 
oh, I'm going to look at Lino because he's cool. And so it's this just, is like my thinking is I look at so um, Cadillac Records took place in 1947. I'm just looking at the synopsis tonight, 1947 to 1955. Okay. And the characters I'm thinking of, like Jeffrey Wright's Muddy Waters, right? Where uh, like he came off the farm, he moved up to Detroit, he, he became a musician. Yes. His casual style, right? It's, it's sort of that like a uh, Southern American farm inspired, functional, but it, those are the clothes that a character like that wore every day whether he's working in the farm or he's going to a meeting or he's going to church, it was that style of clothing. That casual look looks better to my eye than a lot of the fast fashion formal looks that you see from the 2000s. And it's, again, it's, I mean, it's yeah. the fit and the finish. So, so let me ask you, let me ask you this, Dana. Yep. Is how do you? I would imagine were you a big fan or are you a big fan? I would imagine you really are like you really love like Double RL. Hmm. Yeah. Into, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. See, when when I worked at when I worked at Ralph, uh, working in the Double RL really made me step my casual game up. But mm. actually, because before, I was doing like purple label casual. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that'll be like a boat sneaker with a cream gap with like a, like, you know what I'm saying? Something that looks super, like I, I should be on a boat. But when yeah. I st- when they made me start working a double RL store, I really had to, to switch the approach because people weren't comfortable in me assisting them being dressed in like a three-piece suit, but like not a double RL suit, you know? Yeah. So I had to learn, uh, you know, the denim on denim, the bandanas, the you know, the boots that, you know, I had to learn that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, the creative team at Ralph Lauren, I, I really was close with the creative team. I would uh, study them while they were doing mannequins. And a lot mm-hmm. of the people from Ralph Lauren creative, I still talk to today. That's how involved I was with the creative team, because I wanted to understand those those small levels of nuance when it comes yeah. to dress. You know, it takes a lot to do a mannequin. That's something that's one of the hardest things. Uh, Not easy. Oh my God, people don't understand. To do four mannequins and they all look like they're going to the same party with different clothes, like that is not an easy thing to do. So learning that really kind of helped me be able to see and and look at things aesthetically. But Mm. I like your style, man, because I'm just sitting here looking at you. It's very original, it's very authentic. You're not trying, it's not premeditated. This is just just who you are. And I Mm. love to see that opposed to some guy who forces himself into a three-piece suit with wide people lapel. It's like, dude, it's not even who you are, man. Like, stop it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Me I, I, and Jay I, I, were just I, arguing about peak lapels. Hold on, say that one more time. I said, me and Jay were just arguing about peak lapels yesterday. Yeah, but he's talking I, I about an extra wide. Like, oh, you need a peak. <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. <laughs> I, I like a wide peak lapel when it's a wide peak lapel. It just drives me crazy when people try to look like things they aren't. That's yeah. what annoys me with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because Tom Ford was not the first guy making a wide peak lapel suit. The Ralph Lauren purple label uh, suit has a super wide peak lapel. It's not a small lapel at all. It's just Jay-Z made the, uh, you know, the Tom Ford track, and then everybody just went crazy over Tom Ford. Like, everybody. Yeah, Tom Ford's got good style, um, yeah. but it, it's not my style, but I appreciate what he does. This is, you know, Ralph, excuse me, Tom Ford is interesting to me because Tom Ford gives you a perspective of a rich person being sexy. 
Whereas yeah. Ralph Lauren gives you a perspective of a rich person being stiff. Mm. That's the difference in Ralph Lauren and, and, and Tom Ford. One is a rich person being sexy. One is a rich person being stiff. Ralph Lauren, yeah. you, you can walk in Ralph Lauren and buy a fucking $90,000 crocodile jacket. Like, where are you wearing that to? Did you say $90,000? Yes, bro. Listen to me, bro. When I was there, they did a croc belly. They, they did a croc belly bomber. They only made five. Okay. They were like $90,000. And I was just like, and the thing was, it was like a fucking waiting list. It was a waiting list for it. For five. For five. Five people <laughs> were waiting to spend $90,000 on a jacket to wear to their home in like Madagascar. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, where know? do you wear Croc Belly? But what you say? Uh, where, where do you even wear Croc Belly? Th- that's what I'm saying. But you know what's interesting? When you're rich, you'll find somewhere to wear. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I think that's what th- that's what makes Tom Ford and Ralph Lauren great to me. Because I will tell you guys something else that, that would probably be deemed controversial. I don't care because it's really how I feel. I feel as Americans, I feel Americans do luxury the best. Yes, I said it. Because I know a lot of people would disagree with that. Mm. I feel Americans do luxury the best. If we don't, then why is everyone drooling over Ralph Lauren everywhere? I worked at Ralph Lauren. I remember people would come in from the, a lot of the tourists would come in and they would buy tons of Ralph Lauren stuff so they could take it back. I think Ralph Lauren and Tom Ford have done a phenomenal job at showing the world what American luxury looks like. And when you look at people like David Beckham, who is not an American citizen, he shows you that American luxury is a beautiful thing because because all of that, all of this shit, we talk about the English and he's wearing American. So that speaks volumes. You know, I ran into that's Ralph. Lauren. Thing that people just don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? He's the, yeah. like, you know, what I'm saying? he's wearing American and he's English. No, he's also paid a lot of money to wear it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wears it well. So this is what I was told when I so when I was at Ralph, I was told that a lot of the, you know, the athletes and stuff get, uh, if you know, because they buy a lot. I was told, mm. like, they get, like, a small discount. But to my understanding, Ralph don't give nothing away for free. I, mm. I was told that's why he didn't do the wardrobe to the last great Gatsby, because the studio didn't want to pay. Mm. And that's why Brooks Brothers ended up doing it. That's what I was. I, I don't. I can't confirm it, but I was told that by several sources. Ralph opted out of the the, the, the last Great Gatsby because the studio didn't want to pay, and Brooks Brothers ended up doing it. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to say, but yeah, man, weird. Yeah, this inter- Brooks Brothers. I can't think of a, a more iconic American brand. Brooks Brothers is Brooks Brothers is 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 an American iconic brand. They just it's interesting with them, man, because. They really haven't done a. It's interesting. They're, they're a great brand. They're always going to be around. I don't think too many people my age wear Brooks Brothers because I don't think they don't done wear it. it. I don't. I don't find it attractive. I don't find the right. fit comfortable. But well, like to think of a brand, an American brand, like that's it. Well, I, I like it because they've made you know it's like grandfather cool. You go yeah. to buy your granddad a scarf or a regimental tie, whereas Ralph yeah. Lauren. Is interesting because he's made it a little cooler. You know, like I, I could think of every ethnicity that wants to be involved with Ralph Lauren to, to some extent, whether if it's at Macy's, the store, you want to, you know, the, the brand is so iconic, you want to be involved yeah. with it. 
somewhere to where most people don't feel like that about Brooks Brothers. But Brooks Brothers, they, you know, they're the oldest. That's like the oldest American brand, man. So they're not going nowhere. They're going to be here. You know what though? I think about like I, I've 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 got I've had in the past I've had a few Brooks Brothers pieces, mostly shirts. Okay. And uh, you know, and I've I've had uh, I think I had one pair of Brooks Brothers pants, but I think about uh, I I used to have a pair of purple label pants, and the construction on those, dude, is, is next level. Like I've never seen another American brand, especially a mass production brand, bro, right, with the construction of of purple label. Bro, listen. Like, the way they finish the seams, the way they they stitch it. I mean, the pocket bags, everything about it is like on point. Listen, Ralph Lauren gets it. Purple Label was one of the best. Also, too, he dismantled it. But I, I, I know you guys remember this. Remember Black Label? No. Oh, Black. Ralph Lauren Black. Yeah. Label. yeah. Right. So Black Label, that was actually uh, the suiting. That was actually made in Italy. That was made by Rafael Caruso. And it's interesting because I worked at Suit Supply. I left Ralph Lauren to go to Suit Supply because they offered me a very handsome package to, you know, to go to Suit Supply. It it was an offer I could not refuse. But I will tell you this, you know, and this is why I always encourage guys to to, to try and have different makes because like like you just stated, man, that Italian make, it is superior. It is a great make, man. And I've worn them all. I've worn, uh, uh, when I was at Ralph, I used to wear the polo suiting. That was made by Corneliani. I wore black mm-hmm. label. That was made by Rafael Caruso. And I wore purple label. That was made by St. Andrews. So mm-hmm. when I started working at uh, Suit Supply, I immediately, as soon as I put my first one on, I immediately felt the difference. And I was like, I can't wear this shit outside of work. So a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't know I worked there because I didn't wear it outside of work. I only wore it at work. Not to make the product sound terrible but you know like i mean i was wearing ralph lauren so yeah, yeah you can't yeah, you know, go back once you, yeah hard transition the quality of the build on that purple label is just out like for, for something yes. you're getting off the rack like like i've had better quality garments but they were custom made i've never yeah. bought anything off the rack that fit or felt or was built like a purple label pair of pants bro listen man um, that is one of the best, I mean, yeah. that is one of the best garments I have ever like worn in my life. I mean, that's, that's and I'll tell you this, uh, I had a buddy that worked at Emerzel de Zania. I had a couple, yeah. I got a couple pieces from Zania, um, during their, uh, like markdown, you know, last clothes. So I got like two cashmere suits, man, hundred percent cashmere suits, man, for like $200. I got the alterations done in Zania, uh, the, the Swiss made stuff. They make a good product, man. The Swiss made stuff, beautiful product, man. I love it. I'll tell you, like, as far as like overall, the best best garment I've ever had made was a pair of jeans I had custom made by a, a guy named Ben Via Pena. He's got his own shop, Via Pena Custom Denims. He's, he used to be based in Bangkok. Now he's in Toronto. Oh the wow! Craftsmanship on this guy's denim, custom made Crazy. to your measurements. The understanding of like the just the construction and the craftsmanship that goes into it, the absolute best jeans, the best garment I've ever owned. I mean, really? the way it was finished, the, the detail that he puts into it. I mean, that's what a craftsman pair of anything should feel like. Wow. I'm is he on Instagram? I'm gonna check him out because I'm actually looking to get some uh 
I'm actually looking to get a new pair of um. I'm looking for some new denim. I've been wearing uh, J Brand kind of hard lately, but I'm uh. I want something. J Brand is becoming too soft. I want something a bit more firm. So via uh, your custom denim. Yeah, because I need something, man. I need some new jeans anyway, especially for fall yeah. of this year. Yeah. Link. Yeah, yeah, no, please do, please do. Yeah, I'll send you the link on uh on WhatsApp. Please, no. But yeah, the uh. Via Pina Custom Denim, man, he's, I, I, just, like I said, just from uh, – and I've owned other high-end denims, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm, I'm so upset that my, my pair of uh, Via Pena's, I blew out the crotch because I, I just wore them every day for years. You wore them out. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but, yeah, it's like on a craftsmanship level, on a, a quality level, man, just through the roof. See, man, that, that's what happened to me, man. When I was at Ralph, I got, I got stuck on uh, the double R rails. I got yeah. stuck on those, man. Um, I, I, once you know, wearing it after like sixty days, you're like, man, this is some of the best. That's some of the best denim on the market. So it's nothing like a good, solid pair of denim, like well made, mm. like you said, construction denim. Because mm. before I got into uh, clothing, I actually was like one of the skateboarding guys. That was yeah. like my thing before I got into suits. Actually, so I was wearing mm. brands like uh, Keeps. Salvador, yeah, Huff. yeah, um, yeah. enjoy. I was doing the SBs, the dunks, the supers. That was really more so my thing. But as I got older, I was like, you know what? I'm getting older. I need to transition out of that. I can't be skateboarding at 35 years old. And that's kind of yeah, how I got it. Fiasco. I can't make this look work forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, man. I had to switch. Some, you know, I had to switch some things over. But yeah, man. I definitely love a good pair of denim, man. I used to wear nudies a lot. Uh, I used to wear five star a lot. So yeah, I love a good pair of. of if uh, you like, if you like nudies, via like, and this is the thing. So Ben isn't a fashion line. He's a he he p- puts himself out there as a, a jeans tailor, right? So oh, he, wow. he he hand makes your pair. So it's not even right. really like a brand. Like he just makes it for you. He's like, what do you want? What do you want the details to be like? You know, everything from like, and I, even one thing that really to this day, the pocket bags in his jeans were the best pocket bags. And uh, he'll tell you, he's like, do you want, how do you want your inseam done? How do you want your outseam done? Like, what details do you want in the pockets? I'll do. And he does it. And it's just phenomenal. Wow. Yeah, man. No, I'm going to check him out, man. I mean, like, bro, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get with him, man. Like, I, I, I have so many things that I have to do this year. Um. I mean, for one, you know, I'll be starting a, uh, I'll be starting a project with Jay real soon. We're going to be doing some interesting things as far as content coming. Uh, we got some really interesting things coming. I'm, I'm so excited because the stuff we're talking about doing, this stuff has not been done before, man. So I, like, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, this week we have a, um, we'll be going, we have a live Instagram with uh, my brother, Bo. Nice. From uh, yeah, Bo, he's gonna um be uh, joining us. We're still putting together. We haven't confirmed for the week, but we don't have the day and time yet. So that'll be in my uh, Insta story as soon as I confirm those details. But I mean, you know, these platforms are so important, man. And like again, I I, I cannot thank you guys enough because you know you guys are really helping me get the word out. And two, you guys really got to understand, I'm telling a narrative that most people don't really want to hear. Even though they know it's true, a lot of people do not want to hear the things that I say. So I can't thank you guys. Because, like, I mean, you, you, I mean, Jay, you know my, you, we follow you on Instagram. Look at the number of people that follow me versus the number of people that have followed 
since I've been promoting the page. Like, think mm. about that. Yeah, yeah. There are there are a lot of people. There's that a hunger really for it. Like there's a there's a real hunger for this kind of um, educational page, and you know, it's something great to look at every day. Yeah, and, and Jay, I mean, listen, I I appreciate you more than more than you know, man. When I looked up and saw. Um, you had the Muhammad Ali and I was like, Oh wow. I was like, man, I, I was like, man, thank you so much, man. Because you know, th that support, man, you know, these things really mean a lot to me. And I love just to be on any platform to tell my story and just to let people know they now have a different, you know, you have a guy in the industry now looking to, to educate you on a completely different perspective, man. You know, I'm not saying anything is wrong with the GQ. I'm not saying anything is wrong with the rape. I think I'm not saying anything wrong with any of those publications. But I just want to tell a story and I'm into making uh, content for the black satorialist. That's really yeah. what I'm into doing now because I don't think anyone else does that for us. If you've got an audience, I mean, you, that's the beautiful thing about where technology has brought us is that anyone can tell their story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, it seems to me people are very interested in it. A lot of people are just like, wow, because I've never thought about black satorialism it's just something i've never thought about and I mean, it has been done many many times but it's never been done your way the way you're doing it is very right. different and, and the thing is more importantly my curriculum unlike a lot of these other people and this is this is how a lot of times i can see the bullshit real quick my curriculum is actually not about me it's about teaching people about their history and their culture and their heritage in this industry you don't see yeah. me all over the page there are the guys that came before me the guys that taught me, us discussing style technique on the page. It's not a platform of me just posting pictures. That yeah. does absolutely nothing. The way you change a narrative is teaching these guys. You know, like I told you, I don't know if you all saw this. I think it is exceptional that young black guys are reaching out to me all over the world, man. You know, sending me pictures of other black people. Like, oh my God, I love this style inspiration. I'm going to try this. That's amazing. And it's much more fulfilling than to see them send me some shit of Rubenacci. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but I don't care. I ain't Italian. Like, that shit don't work for me. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. really got along with, was Because he was like, stop trying to be Italian. Like, I want to tell my American friends, be yeah. American. Like, be proud yeah. of it. Right. Like, this, is, this is what I'm saying. You have a lot of guys, particularly in, like, American satorialists, right? You have a lot of American satorialists right now trying to imitate everything that they see going on in Italy, whether it's Milan whether it's Napoli. And this is just what I'm saying. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not going to do a Rubenacci trouser better than Rubenacci. Let him have it. I had mm. another guy tell me the other day, he's like, Jay, I'm going to do a tracksuit with the stripe too. And I'm like, let Rich Fresh have that shit, man. That's his. Like, yeah. do something, create something. Stop copying. I tell yeah. people all the time, Prince is one of my, I'm going to say, you will find this interesting. Prince is one of my biggest style influences. You know why? Prince is, and I'm not necessarily speaking from a tutorial perspective. Prince is one of my favorite style influences because Prince gives you a blueprint from year to year, album to album, of how to consistently reinvent yourself, but stay true to who you are. Just look at, look at Prince's photographs. Prince is one of those guys, you, you knew he was going to wear something different, but if it was outrageous, you really wouldn't be surprised because it was of who, it was of character for him. So in that sense, he's very, he's my favorite. I, I'll give you a guy who I think has a bit of that juice, a guy like Angel Ramos. Angel's phenomenal. Angel's one of those guys, I don't know what he's going to do for the fall. 
He might do something with his hair. He might do something with his beard. It's no telling. And he's very humble and he does not like compliments. But I've had. I've had yeah, he's the nicest guy. I tried to give him compliments and he was like, yeah, what are you talking about? Change the subject. But, but Angel, you know, Angel's, he, he's a great guy. You know, I appreciate Angel for all of his support. And I just try to get guys up the code. I, you know, you saw my story the other day. The look that most guys are doing right now, day to day, is what the people that know what they were doing were doing in 2012. Like yeah. I'm just saying, I remember because I studied, I was studying back then. The look yeah. now, the look that the average guy is wearing now is the look that Angel was wearing in 2012 when I think he was still at like Astor and Black or, or on his way out. But when mm. remember the loafers with the fitted trouser with the colorful sport coat or the burnished toe shoe. Like ain't none of this shit new. That's why I'm just like, wait a minute, where have where have half of y'all been? Like that happened already. It's just weird for me to see it because I'll see a shift of something happen. And I'm just like, wait, that at least happened four to five years ago. I know because I did it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even have that no more. Like, like brownish toe, those burnished toe shoes, I don't even have those no more. I gave that stuff away. It's over. Hmm. Like, the, like, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Let's be American. Let's create. Let's create. Let's show let's show yeah. the world our perspective. Let's show us what we can do as Americans. Because right now, as Americans, all we're really showing people we can do is just copy off what's happening. That like who's really in America right now that has a fresh brand and they're doing something different? Like, please tell me. I'll wait for answers. Mm. I think on that, let's uh while we wait for answers, let's, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Jay, thanks again let's for for joining us. Oh, man, come on, man. Listen, anytime, man. I, I, I'm glad to be here, man. I, I appreciate the platform, man. We, we need more platforms like this with authentic uh, content, you know, like not, not so cookie cutter. You know, pe people yeah. get too offended and then they feelings too quick. The, you know, the, this, this is something for men, you know? That's where the dapper villains, man. We're out here trying to uh, cause trouble. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, you, you, know, you know I'm always starting some trouble. <laughs> all your instagram we're gonna have everything linked down below so appreciate you taking the time brother come on man listen anytime whenever you guys need me please um reach out to me i'll be more than happy to come back on the show man i appreciate it i uh, gotta do more episodes with you for sure brother, anytime man i'm here man awesome thank you so much brother hey later man y'all gotta come tonight man peace